episode of NLN Podcast Nursing Edge Unscripted, the scholarship track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palazzo. I'm a member of the editorial board for Nursing Education Perspectives. Nursing Edge Unscripted and our track entitled Scholarship Celebrates the published work of select nurse educators from the NLN's official journal, Nursing Education Perspectives, and the NLN Nursing Edge blog. The conversations embrace the author's unique perspectives on teaching learning innovations and the implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode is two parts on the issue of workplace incivility. In part two, we'll discuss the author's article, Workplace Incivility and Its Effects on Physical and Psychological Health of Nursing Faculty. Our speakers today are Dr. Jamie Trosino Sherid and Dr. Lynn Porter-Luwala, both from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. I'd like to welcome them and thank them for their time. I mean, I would be willing to argue that not addressing incivility is leading to faculty leaving. So while, you know, the the idea that... um, I'm, I'm too scared to approach you because I'm afraid that we're going to get in a tiff and you're going to leave. Um, I think it isn't actually what's going to happen. I think meaningful conversations between people is what is going to get us through this. Um, so, I mean, intent to leave that I just cannot, if anyone is listening to this podcast and they want to study intent to leave as it relates to workplace incivility, go after it, please. Like, I mean, there is so much there. Um, so I, that would be, you know, my take on that. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's the direction I was trying to take the conversation as far mm-hmm. I know people may think if the opposite will happen, they're scared to do it because they think people will leave. Um, right. It just perpetu- it perpetuates that environment. Right. It makes it miserable for many people who mm-hmm. cannot speak up and leave. So the best option is to, in you know, in a way that is you know supported to speak up. And so yes. some of the options are available. You know, if it's an administrator, it's much more difficult from a faculty yeah. administrator. Mm-hmm. It's much more difficult sometimes even with your own colleagues who are in different levels of tenure process. Right. Uh, people who are non-tenured feel very vulnerable. Yes. Um, in, in that process. So it, it's a little more complex, you know, mm-hmm. how, do you, how, do you, how do you provide the tools to those who are on a tenure track in their first year or two um, to be able to feel they can speak up and address sensibility when they feel they've experienced it? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that having a definition of what civil is can help mm-hmm. more objectively discuss with someone that's, that's, um, you know, mm-hmm. having a behavior that's not civil, right. instead of just saying, I don't think you are being nice or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, right. you know, this is, this is how we are going to 
said we were going to act. These are the things. This thing doesn't quite seem to fit. You know, let's talk about that. And just just like with any any kind of discussion like that, you don't do you don't stand up and do it in front of everybody. You know, you mm-hmm. do it individually. You do it privately. You do it in a in a formative way rather than a punitive mm-hmm. way. Well, Dr. Lalonde, you bring up a great point that leads to the next question. How do we codify the promotion of a civil and just working environment while promoting a culture of discourse and dialogue? And you talked a bit about grit and setting these norms, but also how do we, you know, sometimes there's incivility and violence and bullying is used incorrectly. And, mm-hmm. and how do we talk about what is civil discourse as opposed to someone being incivil? Because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean that's incivil. That we have right. to be able to have discourse in a university and differing ideas and views and be able to talk about them. So what are some of your ideas around the difference between discourse and incivility and, and how to differentiate that for the listeners? You know, I, go ahead. I, I was just going, going to say, I think I think the main difference is whether you're talking about an idea or whether you're talking about a person. Um, you know, civil discourse is, for instance, you know, you think we ought to use competency-based education in this course, and I think it should be something else. So you talk about the merits of the idea. What are the pros? What are the cons? Whereas in, in civil would be, you know, you're stupid. How, how could you think that? You must not really know. So I think that's important to, and, and you know, it might be that people need some education on how to do that. You know, we, we, we say things like, well, it's common sense. She should know better than to say that. Well, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. When you implemented GRIT, did you have any in-servicing for the faculty about nursing and civility? And- um, a little, but not really. We, we really were kind of talking about how we want the workplace to be. We weren't so much contrasting it with, well, this wouldn't be good, but this is good. It's just like, how do we want to, to, um, to be? And I'm sure in, this was about two years ago, you know, before COVID seems like 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but um, this, I'm sure we talked about, well, you know, I don't like it when this happens. So let's talk about how to make that not happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, one of the big pushes is, to have civility training, right? And I think that is just so um, not well defined, right? So is this an online course that I need to click through to check the box? Is this something that I am doing that is ongoing and it's a discussion-based training course? I think the opportunity to figure out what is civility training, there's a lot of opportunity there. Because if, you know, clicking through some buttons and listening to a handful of two minute videos about how we treat each other is not gonna, that's not gonna help us, right? So we need to really be thinking about what are the different ways we need to be discussing in civility. um, And how we have ongoing training with that. And I think maybe now that I'm saying it out loud, training is the wrong word. 
right? Like maybe we need to stop calling it civility training. We need Mm -hmm. to call it civility discussions, civility, you know, civil environments, that sort of thing. We might need to change that language because training. Right, right, exactly. So it brings that into your tone when you're approaching people. Exactly. We're not training you to be civil. Right. Because training, and, and I think you bring up you bring up a great point. The training implies, like you know, we have to go through all of those different trainings every year as part yeah. of our uh, <laughs> part of our, yes. our our jobs, basically, right? Right. And right. So all right. of us just go through it, and we've done it many times, and just click through yes. and get them done as fast as we can, and complain about right. them. Mm-hmm. And is this is this something that would benefit from a, a kind of experiential activity, working together mm-hmm. for a half day workshop or a day long workshop? Where you're really yes. talking to people about what are your experiences, mm-hmm. how do you define instability? What does it mean to you? Right. Yes. It's going to be a little different thing to other people, right? Each of us can mm-hmm. have a little different definition about what that means to be uncivil. Yeah. And then yeah. how do we work through this? What are our norms? What are we going to create as a document that guides us? How are we going to hold each other accountable? What are right. the pathways to hold each other accountable? Where do we go when somebody is not, you know, um, adhering to the, the shared agreement that we made? Mm-hmm. And how do we, you know, how do we address that? So mm-hmm. I like that point you made about that. I think that's very helpful. So where do we go from here? How do we codify the promotion of civil and just working environment by promoting a culture of discourse and dialogue we just got done talking about? So that leads us to so a little higher level. Now that we can maybe have some of this discourse and we're learning about this discourse, we're taking some, creating this culture of wellness, this culture of civility. How do we confront the disruptive behavior of a leader that is creating a toxic culture in the academic environment? You know, lots of culture comes from the top down mm-hmm. and people take their cues from our leaders at the different levels. And so what happens when it's the leader, whether it's the leader at the top or leader kind of in the mid range that right. is creating this toxic environment? How do we, how do we address that? Um, you know, I mean, really from let's just say I'm an individual faculty member and I, you know, need to handle a situation with leader. I mean, this hierarchy and power dynamic is a major issue. And you had already touched on that a little bit earlier, whether it's tenure, whether it's rank, whatever it is, there are so many power dynamics and hierarchies in academic nursing education. So that exists, right? So we have to figure out how we're going to work around that. But you make incivility, which is already a challenging situation, even more difficult, right? I would say Dr. Llewellyn touched on this a little bit, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage, you know, to stand up to a leader, right? But responding in the moment, we both really feel like is a big piece of this puzzle. So not necessarily if we're in a faculty meeting, you're not going to respond to an individual in the moment in front of everyone, but trying to address situations as quickly as possible, we think is really important to um, managing these, managing these behaviors. Um, And maybe it it helps keep the ideas fresh on people's minds. So what just happened, we're all aware of what just happened and maybe you're not quite ready to talk about it, but maybe you address someone after a meeting and you say, you know, hey, I wanna talk about what happened today. And they may say, well, let's just talk about it now. And you say, you know, I'm not quite ready. Like I would love to be able to meet with you tomorrow so we can talk about what happened in the meeting. I just don't have time right now, right? You know, so try, that way everyone can kind of get their thoughts 
think it helps bring down emotions a little bit. So emotions can be riding really high when you feel you've been the target of uncivil behavior. Um, and so I think responding quickly, but giving yourself the opportunity to gather thoughts, um, I think can be a, a good way to address leaders. Um, you know, I guess if Dr. Llewellyn, maybe you want to talk a little bit about like from like faculty or, you know, kind of a bigger, a bigger level uh, rather than just the individual to leader. Right. And if the leader has been involved in creating operating principles, mm. all the better. I mean, they mm -hmm. should be. It shouldn't be right. something that's created without the leader complete right. buy-in because then you have a tool to, to go to the leader. And, you know, so if it's something where say the faculty, a group of faculty feel like they were individual, they were collectively, you know, behaved to in an uncivil manner, mm -hmm. by the leader, mm -hmm. then perhaps, you know, as you know, this is what happened yesterday. Um, let's talk about that because we're, we're thinking this doesn't fit with our operating principles. And it's not, it should be presented, I think, with anybody, but, but especially with the leader, probably not you did this, you did this, but I felt like this. When this happened, this is how I felt. Um, I think that allows you, to, the leader, to step back a little bit and say, oh, you know, I certainly didn't intend for it to be that way because, you know, I'm a leader and I may say things that some people will be offended by and I would have no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think with anybody interacting with another person, you're not really sure how you're received always. And if it can be presented as this is how I felt when this happened, I think that's an opportunity for learning and for development um, mm -hmm. and, and hopefully decrease in, in behaviors like that happening again. But I think, you know, as, as Dr. Sherrod said, it's not a gang up. I'm going to stand up in this meeting right now and we're going to vote no confidence mm -hmm. or whatever in, in you as a leader, but, but more, let's talk about what happened and how it made me feel. Right. Or please help me understand. Right, right. That's another great way. way. If, if you disarm somebody, like, please help me understand. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, and to use grit as another example to fall back on the G this assuming good intentions and assuming goodwill. If we come forward with that mindset, both the target and the instigator, right? So if we both come to a meeting with this idea that we are assuming everyone is good intentioned here, right? I think that can really bring us all on the same page of I trust that you weren't trying to hurt me, you know? So how, how can we work through this in a way that's, you know, collegial? Right, right. Well, anything you wanna say that we haven't talked about that you feel is important in the two studies that you did? Um, I wanna make sure you have an opportunity to say anything about your work that we didn't cover that was very specific to a message you wanna put out there. I. I already uh, got excited talking about intent to leave for sure right you yeah. know that's definitely something that I think we need to think about going forward I would just say sort of from a little bit of a wrap-up perspective 
the more and more I think about this and, you know, it's, it's been a little bit since, you know, we even wrote these articles, right? So these are, these are very, um, uh, these are fresh, but I think we need to start thinking about reframing um, incivility, reframing the questions we're asking going forward. So I really feel like a lot of the questions, and at the end of our study too, we talk about how do we need to eliminate incivility? And I think back to Dr. Concio Hare's theory and Basically, she suggested trauma exists. We all experience trauma. We are all the walking wounded, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if we start reframing our perspective on incivility, that you know what? Incivility exists. How are we going to manage it? What sort of language do we need to put into our department that allows us to handle it? it's not going away. And that, you know, I, I don't like saying that it's, it's unfortunate, but I think looking at this theory and looking at what we've gathered, this is something that needs to be managed. This isn't something that can be effectively eliminated, you know? So I think when I think about future research, those are the questions we need to be asking, not how do we get rid of this? I don't know if that's possible. How are we going to manage it going forward and work through it every single day? So that would be my uh, big takeaway. I agree. And I think, you know, what you're implying is we need to name it. We, mm -hmm. can't, we can't say, oh, this won't happen to us because we're nice people. Mm -hmm. It really has nothing to do with you being a nice mm -hmm. person. It's, it's an issue that will happen. So right. we know it. Let's prepare for it. So we can manage mm -hmm. what had happened. So it doesn't become a festering problem that makes, you know, the target want to leave. And frankly, you know, what we found and what other authors have found, it's not just the target, it's the other people watching, you know, mm -hmm. am I going to be next? Mm -hmm. Do I want to be in this environment? You know, so if, if it festers, it's not good for, not good for anyone. What would you say to a listener out there that's watching this podcast and experiencing this type of incivility in their workplace? I would say I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I it, would I would first say I'm yeah. sorry too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a you are a real phenomenon. You your experience is real. You are not, you know making this up. You are not too sensitive. Mm -hmm. This is something that is happening and it can be dealt with. It can be managed and through some really good communication and some really good um, retreats and gathering together to define this is going to help move us in the right direction. But we need you too. We need you don't as leave. a nursing faculty. Don't so don't leave. No, 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 no. Your your mental and physical health is important. Your mental and physical health is important. But you know, it, you are seen and you are known, and we can get through this. I think that's a very good message to end on. I want to thank you so much, both of you, for joining us for this conversation. I appreciate your time and, of course, your expertise in sharing your work and broadening our understanding of this work and how we can begin to introduce it in our own institutions. If, uh, for our listeners, if you have not had the opportunity to read about their work, 
You will find the manuscript published again in Nursing Education Perspectives. Both articles were published in the September and October 2021 issue of Nursing Education Perspectives, Volume 42. And I want to thank you and thank all of our listeners for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.